What's swinging, Nation? Welcome back to the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am Fred Moore. Good to have you. Uh, today's podcast, I'm going to be interviewing Lori Verta. Uh, Lori is in Texas. She teaches Zoom classes, uh, several classes a week. You got to listen to the podcast. Uh, she mentions the schedule uh, twice. I don't remember what she said. I just know that she said on Fridays is 360s, which is really cool. And then I think on the weekends, she does strength and conditioning. So um, she has a variety of different classes that you can do. So um, listen in on that. Um, and we'll get to the podcast. I just want to give you guys a notification that the Vintage Strength Games are coming up. The Vintage Strength Games are going to be on August 29th, and it's going to be virtual this year because of COVID. And you guys can compete. All you need is an Adex Mace to compete. Um, there's also club events, so you would need an Adex Club or two for that. Um, that way, everybody's using the same type of mace, so it's even, okay? That's a very important thing. It has to be the Adex. And if you want to get an Adex for the event, I have a discount code for you. Use the discount code FRED, F-R-E-D. That's me. That's my name. And um, use that and get your discount code and jump in on these games, all right? This is your shot. You don't have to travel, all right? And you can get a taste for what it's all about. What I would do if I was you, I would uh, I would sign up. So you go to VintageStrengthTraining.com, okay? And um, you could sign up through Vintage Strength Training. And I would hit up. Valerie Pulowski over at Vintage Strength Training and ask her, like, hey, this is the event I'm choosing. Where do I need to be on my swings? What, what numbers do I need to put up? And that way you have gauge, right, and then start training right away and uh, get that knocked out of the park and see what it's all about. You know, and then when this COVID thing is over, if you want to go travel, like, to Florida or uh, Virginia or wherever the games are going to be held, you can do so, and you'll already have a good idea of what it's like, and you'll you'll be better at the competition. So, check that out, and let's uh, send say hello to Ongo Energy Spray, OngoEnergy.com. Ongo Energy Spray is three sprays of caffeine in your mouth, and it's a great pre-workout. It's a great way to just stay awake on a long car ride home. Use the discount code SteelMaceNation25. Get 25% off, buy a couple of them, throw them in your bag, you'll be good to go. Graziella Coffee Company, good coffee out of Brooklyn. I love their coffee. I drink it all the time, and it's delicious. I have a discount code for you. It's MACENATION15. You get 15% off. Order it at GraziellaCoffeeCompany.com, and it'll come in the mail really quick. And you grind your beans, beautiful, delicious. Check them out. Also want to say uh, hello to MaceFit, MaceFit.com. If you want a certification through MaceFit so you could become a Mace coach, hit them up. Give the discount code MaceFit2020, and you could get on a free coaching call with Frank DeMeo, who is the creator of MaceFit. Uh, 
it's a great certification, guys. I have it. It's not like Steel Mace Flow. So if you have Steel Mace Flow and you want something different, which why not? You know, you don't know what kind of clients you're going to have and what's going to be their interests. So it's a great thing to jump in on. And, um, you know, Steel Mace Flow is not a sponsor of this podcast, but hit them up too and get a cert from them because they're awesome. And while you're at it, there's also uh, the guys of New Breed Mace in, uh, in New Jersey. Again, not sponsors of the podcast, but I have a New Breed Mace certification. I thought it was great. Um, I would hit them up and get those three certifications. And then you could be just like me and have, have those certifications. Um, but that's it, guys. I just wanted to send a shout-out to all my good people out there. And thank you very much for uh, checking out the podcast. Please subscribe. Please send a, send a hello in a note or something like that. Um, leave a review. Five stars for me because I'm a five-star kind of guy. I can't take anything less. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much for listening to the beginning of the show. Let's jump into the podcast with Lori Verda. All right. We got Lori Verda on the podcast. Welcome, Lori. How are you today? Thank you. I'm great. I'm doing great. Thank you. Good to have you. So, you know, before I hit the record button, uh, we had a little quick exchange about something interesting. Um, and I said, well, look, you know, I'm looking to see five years from now what the podcast could possibly be. You never know. You never know where life takes you. And then you, you kind of chimed in with the same thing. What did you say 20 years ago? You started as a trainer and and I never would have expected I'd be here speaking with you. Um, I don't even know podcasts. I don't know that they were a thing 20 years ago. I can't remember. <laughs> and definitely, definitely, um, I would not, I didn't even know what a mace was. <laughs> so right. you just never know what's coming down the pipeline, you know? <laughs> yeah, none of us knew what a mace was except for, you know, I, I mean, Jake Shannon didn't even know at that time. Um, uh, I guess Carl Gotch or, or maybe somebody in India and they were swinging yeah. out of, uh, you know, yeah. that's how fast this has happened. And I know I've been following you um, for a while now. I started following you when you were still living up in Chicago and then uh, you headed down to Texas and like, you know, you were doing like Viking Ninja and stuff like that. But nowadays you're, you're just kind of, you're doing your own thing and it's brilliant like what you got going on is is really great and i see you working a lot with heavier maces and things like that mm -hmm. um how how did that all come about what was the genesis there for the whole thing for my whole mace experience or you know i when i i did see i ordered a mace by accident that's the short story <laughs> and i went down to on it and i did their steel steel mace um their fundamental or their their certification that they had at the time. That's where I met Isik and I learned about Viking Ninja and I ended up doing my white belt cert with them. But in that time and, and then in the last year, this has now been like three years, maybe a little over three years, what I found was once I had some introductory stuff, and I'm sure this goes with any style of mace training, you start to realize you apply your own knowledge to it once you have a few fundamental pieces to work with. And um, I found with myself that I learned it and I understood it best when I practiced how to teach it. So if I can figure out how to communicate this to someone else, and what was I really trying to get across to them, I learned it better. 
And that's where my own evolution kind of came from. You know, it was born out of those two certifications that I did, the Onnit and then the Viking Ninja, you know, white belt. And I always go back, I'm a trainer, right? I'm, I'm pretty basic. I was an athlete and I, I was like squat, hinge, push, pull. I can teach anybody squat, hinge, push, pull. It always works, you know? Um, and so if I understood that language, I figured if I could communicate that, that would be the strongest way that I could teach people this really cool thing that's highly beneficial. Um, and I really wanted to break down that fear because I, I notice a lot of people are pretty suspect of it when they initially see it. I always get, oh my God, my shoulders would rip out of their socket. I mean, people say that to me all the time. Yeah. And my immediate response is, do you know how many shoulders I've rehabbed or had a rehab style program with the mace? I mean, I had an 80 year old woman in, in Chicago that worked with the mace. Like it is not, if you know how to speak, you know, who's your audience? What are their needs? What are their goals, right? Because you have to modify it for the person. And then how do they speak? What language do they use? What's, you know, and then you, you, you translate it to them, you communicate to them, and you bring out their power. So as I was working on the mace and, and working on like 10 and 15 and just learning basic pull and push and, you know, okay, I can archer with a 10 well, the 15, you really have to create more tension or Maybe the heavier maces I like to keep closer to my body, the lighter maces the way. What I found was when it got to the 360 swing, I just got fascinated with challenging myself. How much heavier could I go? How much heavier could I go? And I'm like five, I'm under 5'3", and I'm under 120 pounds. So I'm not a very big person. And I found out right away, and it's interesting because I've had this, I bring this up because I've had this conversation with some, some men that, that swing heavy, that I had to work on leg strength big time, big, big time, because I didn't have mass to hold me to the ground, like literally adhere me down. And so I found that as I went with heavier maces, I had to amp up my lower body program. And nothing fancy, you know? I used kettlebells, tons of deadlifts, tons of squats and whatever, just to create that strength. So I always use the analogy of like a tree frog. So I, I'm always barefoot. I spread my toes and I anchor to that ground and I hold on before I go into that swing. The other thing I've learned from people that have just a different physical structure is I cue and I practice the push into the pendulum very deliberately, very, very deliberately. And I know for some people that may have a different stature, they can kind of just let it swing and it'll come around. But I don't, I don't have, my mechanics aren't working in my favor. I have to create this huge force so that I can actively pull it down. And that's kind of how the heavy came from there. And then the more I did the heavy, and I was like, wow, I can do this. I mean, if I can do this, anybody can do this. There's, you know, nothing. It's just practice, you know, learn good technique, practice skill, practice it often, consistently, you're fine, you know. And it just, it's just fun for me. And I just got into the heavy base, and that's kind of how it went. <laughs> That's beautiful. And you, you just said a couple of things that this is what I keep going back to. I say this all the time and people are going to keep hearing me say this, that this, this podcast is loaded up. It's like a gold mine of information on steel mace. And you just mentioned two things that I want to go over again. One was, was your feet and, and spreading your toes like a tree frog. Um, what I could say about that is that you know i've been doing a lot of work in my bare feet too and 
uh, I never really did that before until Steel Mace. And, and now I'm so aware of my foot strength and, and my imbalances, and, and I'm trying to work on my, my feet a lot now. It has opened that whole other door for me. So that's a, an important detail that, you know, as coaches, we teach people. Yes. Um, and then the, the other item is what you're talking about with the mechanics of your swing. Yes. Now, I never thought about this before, but you're, you're talking about how you need to put more force into that pendulum. And yeah, I'm kind of like a guy that could just let it go. And I just never really considered that. So anybody listening, coaches and stuff, take this information and use it because this is how you could, you know, this is another tool in your toolbox to train your clients. Very mm -hmm. insightful. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, and again, the more you practice, I think you start to figure and it's any tool, anything you figure out, wow, that's what I have to do. And I just personally, I mean, could have done a lot of things in my life. I do this for a reason. I love, love, love seeing a light bulb go out and go on in people and them being like, holy shit, I can do this. Something that they had set in their mind, like, I couldn't do that. I can never, I don't know. you know, and they talk themselves out of it. And it's like, I'm going to talk you into it because not only do I know you can do it, I think you can do it really, really well. And I think you're going to level up as if your human condition is literally just going to level up. So yeah, with the, with the heavy mace, it was a lot of, um, a lot of trial and error. The other thing I would say, I was in equestrian, right? So I grew up riding horses and I fell into that sport because I was terrible at every other sport. Literally everything my mom signed me up for, they were like, she's got to go, man. She's, she is not, she can't do this. It was gymnastics, dance, ballet, whatever. My mom was like, I, you have to go somewhere out of the house. It was like summer camp. And I started riding horses. And one thing someone was asking me recently about horses and maces. And what I realized, one thing that I recommend for people when they go to work with the mace is to enter it with humility. Um, different than a lot of tools. It's different. There is something unique about it. And, and I wish I could be more articulate on exactly what that is. There's the obvious inherent risk but there's risk with any kind of lifting but there's something else with the mace there's so much that goes on and particularly in the swings right 360 the 10 and 2 um even if you drop down on the weight and you're doing strength complexes that i just think you always i never walk into it arrogant every time i go to lift or swing a heavy mace i pretend it's almost the first time that i'm doing right and it's i think and that was the same way we walked into or i was taught to approach a horse, right? For horses, it was like, you're never really in control. You're on the back of an animal. If it's having a bad day, you're all having a bad day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like, you had to just, I think that people, people lose that. And I think that there's a very strong lesson in being humble all the time, you know? Yeah, I agree. And that's, this is a, a definitely a tool that teaches you that. Um, you know, we talk about ego lifting and, and you know, I, I think just about every guy I've ever known who's ever worked out, including myself, has all started off in their 20s and they lifted way too much with bad form and now they're paying the price somehow. And mm -hmm. you, you, I never learned about ego lifting when I should have been learning about it, right? And yeah. then with the mace, it's like, yeah, I get it now. I get it yeah. now. So. Yeah. Well, and I'd say one of the number one questions I always get is what, what weight should I start with? What weight should I start with? And, and 
Um, many people will come to me, probably more men, and say, I was going to order a 20 or a 25. And I'm like, listen, it's not the same. This isn't the same. <laughs> it's like, whatever you benched, whatever you did, um, it's different. And I, I still recommend a 10-pound for everybody. I don't care who you are. Because I was like, first you got to create isometric work. And you don't need to do that with a 20. You do it with a 10. Figure that out first. Get your mechanics down. Then you have the next one ordered and ready, you know. But yeah, so there's, there is that, um, I think, that approach. And I, I think, too, because of the, the structure of a mix, right? We have a long lever. We have one side weighted. We have this asymmetric, you know, asymmetrical load on a long lever. But I do think that there's an application to your soft tissue, like your tendons and your ligaments that's different from barbells and all that. And again, it's somewhat anecdotal. I've never studied it in a lab, but after 27 years of training people and doing it yourself, you start to realize that, you know, you don't want to jump into advanced moves right away, as cool as they look and as much as you want, might want to do them because it does have, you know, the, there is always that opportunity to, um, to stress things you don't want to stress if you don't know how to even apply force first, you know? So again, that's another reason that even a 10 pound I walk into as if it's a hundred pounds and I've never picked it up. Yeah, that's good advice. And, 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 you know, last year I remember, um, I'm swinging a 10 with no problem. I'm working up in heavier weights and I keep getting elbow inflammation in my left elbow over and over again. I let it heal. It comes back. I start pushing the weight up. And, um, you know, I had to work through that. I had to work through that. I don't get it anymore now. And I'm swinging heavier weight. I'm able to do one arm 360s and stuff. So it is the type of thing where you have to develop your skill because it's the skill, the technique that keeps you from getting that yeah. elbow tendonitis. You're doing something wrong. So yes. it could be your grip. It could be, you know, maybe the angle of your swing or something. Right. Um, but if you're not going to have a coach there to help you figure it out, it's going to take a long time to figure it out. I luckily had people, coaches, who were able to adjust me because, even though I, I, you know, when you're doing it yourself, no matter how much you know, you can, you can miss these details because you're in your own way. You need yes. somebody that's on the outside. So, and then also, um, you know, you, you might as well get these tips from other people because they might have – a little insight as to how to get around these problems. Yes. Um, you develop yourself and you get better. So yes. you help uh, people with your Zoom classes like this? Yeah. Too? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was when I moved to Chicago, I mean, when I moved from Chicago to Texas, I had had a solid base of clients. Um, I had been with Equinox for 10 years. I left Equinox and was on my own. And in those 10 years that I was on my own, I had built up a solid base of clients. And when I left, we ended up doing for a majority of them virtual training. So I started virtual training last September. Then COVID hit. And by that time, I had that many months to sort of get comfortable because it is different. It's not the same, yeah. but it's not nearly as impossible as people think. So COVID hit and everyone was home and I, people just decided, I guess they were home. They were like, well, I'm finally going to buy the mace. I mean, I had so many messages of, I finally bought a mace and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do Zoom classes. And they are donation-based, you know, and I have, um, 
the Tuesday, Thursday, let's see, two during the, three during the week, two on the weekend. And it's evolving because I've had people doing the classes with me since April now, and here we are in July, and they've leveled up. So now I'm having to create more classes to figure out what's appropriate for which people, right? And, um, but I have a beginner class at 9 a.m. on Saturdays, and I have some that are strength and conditioning. So, we, you know, you want to have kind of a baseline of a few movements. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one sessions, you know, about an hour. Um, that I've had a lot of people do that session. I teach them like 10 basic things, and then they can actually jump into any of the classes. You know, we get the switch down, we create tension, you know, because I, I think that there's a lot with the mace that is not intuitive. And if somebody had not told me to create tension on a mace, I don't know that I would have naturally figured that out, right? So, um, or, you know, learning how to figure out how to use my feet to create strength in my arms. Like that was not innate. I had to figure that out. And so that's what I like with the classes is that I have an opportunity to connect with people and communicate. And it's so much fun. I mean, we, it's crazy. I have had one day, I had somebody from Italy and San Francisco and Chicago and Pennsylvania. I mean, it was like all over. And it was just like, you know, for all the, the challenge um, and disparity that people have had to deal with with this COVID, you can find these moments of connection that I don't think people, anticipated but they're there and things like zoom classes can i think provide that purpose. yeah um i think you know prior to covid um obviously there was zoom classes already and stuff but i think most people they had their gyms and it was already in their head like you can't really get that good of a workout it's not gonna work it's gonna be all weird um but then covid forced everybody's hand and yeah. to a delightful surprise to us um, it actually works very well, like you said. And as far as connection with people, um, you know, yeah, I mean, you could call your friend up, but you, that's your uh, that's your friend. Like, you're just going to talk about whatever, music, you know, what you yeah. ate for lunch. But what's better than um, connecting with somebody maybe you haven't met yet before and then um, go, learning something, getting instructions from them and learning something new about your body? And, and being exposed to something that makes you feel good, um, especially now everybody cooped up in their house and everything, it's a fantastic thing. And I feel like now that this barrier has been chopped away, it, it's, it's going to be a viable thing continuing on out. I don't think you're going to see, even if gyms all reopen, you're still going to see people take advantage of Zoom classes. Oh, yeah. I don't, I think that there's a few things happening that we didn't anticipate. And again, as someone, as a trainer, I consider myself an educator. So I've basically been teaching all these years, right? That um, we, you know, I look everything through the lens of training. All, everything that we're facing now, even how you, your personal individual opinion in response to COVID, I think everything is around how you, your mindset, right? How do you adapt? How do you evolve? when a problem faces you, right? What is your immediate response? And I think that with Zoom, for a lot of people, it's like, but it doesn't fit my wheelhouse. I like people around, I like music. It's like, okay, we don't have that. We just don't have that. How serious are you? Do you want to learn? Okay, you want to learn this? And then from that came individuals themselves got to expand the way they learn, 
right? Yes. Because it's we don't have the tactile option. I'm a very touchy person. I'm a very, you know, uh, Italian. I've always got my hands going all over the place, right? <laughs> so, you know, you're, you, you, all that was removed. And it was like, okay. And I found that through the Zoom, I think because some of that physical, that physicalness is removed, people attend a tiny bit differently, maybe even a little bit more, right? They're really paying attention. Yes. And in my with the mace in particular, you better be paying attention. That is not the tool to train on when you want to like space out. Not, <laughs> not in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been lucky enough where um, recently I acquired two one-on-one -on -one Zoom um, with couples. And I thought, wow, this is neat because um, maybe you've had this experience and you can attest to this, but when you when you watch them working they're side by side right and you'll see like oh he's not getting it but she is so you yeah. let them keep going a little bit and then and then i say okay listen your wife is doing it perfect watch yeah. her and yeah. then and then instead of looking at me now he's watching her and yeah. i'm just making sure she's still doing it right and then i tell her help him go yeah. go help him now and yeah. They help each other. the The learning curve is just much better, um, yes. and and it's it's interesting dynamic, you know, because it's a couple. They're learning a skill together, so that's yes. great for them. That you know, couples should be learning stuff together and do you know, yeah, adapting new skills. Um, but at the same time, the they're getting more out of their their money that they're putting into the class because they're able to work off each other. Have yes. you had experience teaching couples? Yes. Oh, yes. I have had a regular couple for a couple years now, and, and actually, funny, they moved from Chicago to San Francisco. I moved here, and we still Zoom, and they are like each other's biggest advocate. It's awesome. You know, and it's, there's something interesting that you said, too. So, um, as a young trainer, one thing I learned, a skill I learned immediately as a trainer, was I always walked 360 degrees around my client. Uh, no matter if they were in the squat rack or not, I'm constantly circling them like a shark. And um, and that, again, was so you could see from every perspective. What I found interesting, and I was, as a coach, was concerned with the Zoom, was that I would only have this linear view. But I see things now that I don't know that I see in person or saw in person. It's really weird. It's like, and I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if it's something like how the brain's processing it visually, but, or, or that hyper-focused moment, because you're like, have to listen extra hard you have to be really tuned in to zone everything out but you see things and and yeah to your point whether it's a couple in training or even a class they all are kind of cheering each other on <laughs> and they can see you know if they're if they're comfortable with it a lot of times in my classes like if it's a smaller class you know we've got everybody up there and you know i've had classes where one's like yeah hey do this just you know and they're all of a sudden they're kind of communicating and i'm like Hell yeah, that is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works. It yeah. definitely. I think you're right, though. Um, you know, humans can adapt to things. I mean, you, I mean, you're talking about being able to see things through a video screen that maybe you wouldn't see in real life. Which, yeah, it's weird, but it's it's not that far fetched. I mean, when you think about how sometimes people lose their, one of their senses and yeah. their other senses um like they you know maybe somebody loses their vision and then their hearing gets better 
or, or something like a sixth sense develops. So um, it, it's definitely, there's something there. And yeah, it's, it's hard to put your finger on. Yes. But I agree, and I've noticed that too. It's just a, a whole different way of doing things, and yes. it's not 100%, but it's, it is what it is, and it's close to 100% in that, in that realm. Yes, and I think there's a benefit in that. Both for the coach and the student, there is a new way of learning, right? If you're a visual learner and now you're forced to have to do something more auditory or whatever it is, right? To your point, I think that's a great analogy if you lose the sense. You build it up somewhere else. And if we're looking, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be 44 this year, right? So longevity is like, I don't want to get injured. I want to learn right. new cool things. Um, I want to keep my mental sharpness and my physical sharpness, you know? Um, and if me having to learn to teach or me having to learn to learn through a different modality helps create new connections in my brain, yeah. that's, a, that's a benefit that was not foreseen necessarily right because i think for so many of us it was like just survive right okay i want to teach and they want to learn and then all of a sudden it was like well, we're kind of getting this better than i thought we were so clearly something's happening between our brain our ears right <laughs> it's like yeah definitely and and you know that's what they say about the steel mace right that it, that the patterns we create especially doing steel mace flow um we're we're crossing our midline a lot and and we're yes we're creating movements and then that same movement has to happen on the other side. So there yes. has to be some intention, like how am I getting it to the other side? What's, what's my process? Um, yes. In the beginning when somebody's new, that's a big mountain to climb, right? How do yes. I get the same thing on the other side? Um, yes. I remember going through that. And then once that starts clicking, um, it feels very satisfying and gratifying when you complete a whole, a whole flow. And yes. then it opens the next door. And yes. then now you're, you're, you're stimulated by the next wave of learning. Yes. Which Absolutely. doesn't seem to ever end. I don't, I don't know how many levels there are, but it seems like it's, it's continuous. It is. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think that that too, a lot of people don't know for me personally that um, at the time that I – that the mace, I say it was God put it in my kitchen because it was by accident that <laughs> I meant to order a club and then this giant box arrived. My husband's like, I don't, this came for you. I'm like, it's supposed to be like this thing. It's not supposed to be. But anyway, at that time in my life, I had also made the decision to quit drinking. And um, I would, we, in Chicago, we were in a condo, we had to deck off the condo. And every time that I felt the urge for glass of wine or I was a tequila drinker, I grabbed the mace and I went out on the deck and I practiced a skill, right? And it literally was helping, it literally helped me create a whole new pattern of habits yep. that took me out of the cycle. And I, I mean, again, for anybody out there who's ever had addiction to anything, you know, you you see it when it's starting, and then all of a sudden one day you're in it, and you're like, I, this might not be the best. <laughs> I might not be on the best road here. And it is very difficult to break ingrained habits. Um, and replacing them with another, especially one that creates these different synaptic connections, this mind-body experience. It was mine. It, it, well, it 100% helped me quit. It 100% made me stronger. It gave me a meditative practice 
that I didn't anticipate. I mean, there were so many benefits to it, you know? Um, and we have, in my family too, we have, um, uh, I have advanced arthritis in my hands. And then my dad and I have, my dad has it, it appears that I'm developing it, um, a connective tissue disorder in my hands called Lupertin's contracture. And, you know, it's like, you start to think you want to keep doing the things, right? And there's this tool that appears, again, to be um, high risk to a lot of people is actually very, very therapeutic on many levels. Not yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and high risk, but what's, what's the inverse to that? Is the high risk of getting older and falling apart i mean there were so many like it was a time in my life just personally where you know it was okay but it was clearly going to go one of two ways and i was like i gotta i gotta focus and and make sure that i take the, the path that is the one i really want you know to be the best mom to be the best wife be the best person human best coach whatever it was whatever my best in my mind was and that's why I just, I can't, of all the things I've trained on and all the things, and I've done bodybuilding, I was a competitive equestrian, I ran marathons for 10 years, I trained on kettlebells for 17 years, like all the things, it is hands down my favorite tool. It, it has brought something that nothing else has. And I think for all the reasons we've discussed, you know? That is amazing. That's an amazing testimonial to what the mace offer, offers and you know congratulations on tackling the the drinking thing and you know to add to what you're saying so anybody listening just doesn't think this is an anomaly i interviewed um steel mace oklahoma it, it, she was episode three um steel mace oklahoma and her, her ariel cullison is her name and she was actually running a thing at her gym. I don't know if she's still doing it, but she had people from NA coming in and she was teaching them mace for the same exact reasons that you just talked about, that you're replacing that, that habit or that addiction with a, with a positive, healthy skill that you need to develop and you, 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 your uh, neurons and everything get regrown in a different pathway. Yes, yes. That's that's the real deal. That's like real science. That's, that's proven. Yes. 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 Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, how great is that too? It's so low impact that let's just say you're on, maybe you're quitting smoking and smoke, yeah. some smokers are smoking what every 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, if every 20 minutes you got to go outside and swing a mace, you could actually do that all day yeah. long. Yeah. It's not like you're doing squats all day long with, with a barbell yeah. on your back. You, you yeah. can, it's low impact, so you can pull yeah. that off. Yeah, yeah. I would do things like so. I have my introductory drill for every single person is I put them in different orientations with the mace, and we pull and push Tabata style. Twenty seconds on, ten seconds off. Twenty seconds on, ten seconds. We might do that for like five minutes. I'm like, right, push this hard you can. Okay, pull this hard you can. Pull it here. You know, and we go through it, and they'll be like, damn, my shoulders are like hurt. I was like, yeah, you haven't even, it didn't move, dude. It didn't move, it stayed right there. And I remember, again, like when, when I was going through my own getting, get, cleaning up from drinking, it was like those moments shook me out of all that internal turmoil. 
And again, it was as low risk as it could possibly be. I mean, I was pulling this thing apart as hard as I could for 30 seconds. It was like, it, I, don't, I don't think people understand that those tiny microseconds, those moments in time, you just package a few of them together, then you take a break, then you package a few more, and you do that, and the next thing you know, you've built this chain of power, right? And you've completely broken a habit, or you've completely changed a behavior, and you didn't have to go to one extreme or the other. Like, you tackled it from the inside out. Um, so yeah, and I, again, it's just, it's a tool that, you know, it's just a cool, fun tool. So there's something about it that captures people. And I think if you can capture them, you can pull them out of some very serious things that they might be trying to change in their life, for sure. Yeah, and I've heard that from other people too, you know, and, and um, uh, on the podcast and off. And it, it's, def it's definitely a thing. And, you know, you could, you could um, see other people finding other things. Uh, they get to doing marathons, things like that. But, you know, it's a little extreme, like you just said. I mean, somebody who just starts running, you know, maybe a mile here and there, they're building up to this, to being able to do marathons. And with the mace, um, it's something that somebody can really start right away. And they could fix all their muscle imbalances with it, you know, and, and just start feeling better right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no one who have ever put it in their hands and they were like, eh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. nobody, nobody ever hands it back. <laughs> Not right. yet, at least. <laughs> they start doing some incredible things with it, though, sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and it, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, when I teach, and I just, for some reason, have had a lot of women, I would say 40 to 60, typically, is kind of the range. That, um, that 360 move, man, they light up like a Christmas tree. I mean, I giggle every single time. It's just like, yeah. yes, you know, because again, I find, I think that we have a shortage of confidence in this world. Mm -hmm. I think we have a shortage of authenticity. I think those are the two things that we need to grow and develop globally is, is, is humans. And I think that we have that because somehow in our mind, even if people we see on Instagram or celebrities or whatever, we put them like way up here. And when you can take something that someone, they see it and they assess it and they seem to think that it's huge and you shrink it down to here and you're like, look, you did it. Yeah. You did it. They're like, wow, that's, I, I can do this. And, um, you see it, you see the moment, it shifts inside them. If we, could you imagine if we could cultivate that like throughout the world? And I don't care what style, it doesn't, this totally doesn't matter. It's, it's, it brings out the exact same response in the person. That would be, I, I just think a game changer. I mean, I just, I really do, I truly do. Yeah, that's definitely for sure. And you know, um, depending on where you are in life, you know, like, some people are very confident they've done it all and they they could teach it but sometimes they they lose perspective a little bit they think you know well if i teach this person a 360 are they really going to get confident from it they they think in their minds no because it's so that's so last year to them but you know, some people are very you know they're hurting for some type of confidence and the smallest little win 
is 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 really like everything you know so if you could get a woman who has never like you know thought like maybe she worked out with bands her whole life afraid to go to the gym that happens right a lot of women are just afraid to go to the gym they're intimidated and now you get them swinging a medieval weapon yeah and then they realize how good it feels they keep coming back for more because they want to tap into that accomplishment and yes. they want to they want to keep going with that and that creates a habit which now spurs into everything else they do that's the thing and that is that is that is the point at the end is how this it's awesome to train and now you may have a particular event that's very nice specific like you know the mentioned strength games maybe you get to that point where you're going to train for that but at the end of the day, for me, most, most of the people I've trained over these 20 years have been just us, regular folks, right? And it's not just about getting their physical health down, but how it translates into their life, right? Makes them an optimal person in their eyes, in their opinion, for their families, for their life, as a colleague, as a boss, whatever their, whatever their job is, right? And, it, and that's... I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. I have, I personally have so many ideas of groups of people that I, very specific groups of people that I want to introduce the MACE to over time, you know? Um, I, three years ago, kind of got involved in following some human, anti-human trafficking organizations. And um, it's just something, me personally, that I've done a lot of reading and education on and I've attended events and I, it was something that I had no idea the level of what we were talking about, right? And I've just always thought in my mind, wow, that is a community. The, the, the children, the individuals that are rescued from these awful places, right? Would be such a cool community to tap into and say, you're, you're the, you've got to be feeling, I mean, can you imagine if someone stripped you of everything, every, your dignity, your freedoms, your everything. And you can put this thing of power and maybe help them build back up and give them a chance to have an amazing life. I mean, there's so many areas of people, so many communities throughout our whole world, right? I'm just using that one as an example that I just think, again, the, um, the empowerment that can come from it from an for an individual is just extraordinary. Yeah, it's, it, there's definitely something there with that. And it, it's, it's tough sometimes, um, you know, I believe it. I know you believe it. When you talk to the outside world, the non-MACE world, um, it, there is a gap in the communication there. Uh, you, get, you get the concern about their shoulders being ripped out of their socket, which, which once again, another Steel Mace coach is on this podcast. Every single one of them has said it will not rip your shoulders out of the sockets. Okay, so start believing it. <laughs> but, you know, they, they don't. Uh, it's hard to, to convey this message about the power that it makes, that it gives you, how it makes you feel. Um, I wish there was like a way to do it. Um, but I really feel like it's just, you got to entice them in to just grab the mace and then show them. They have yes. to feel it. Yes. Yes. And that's what I'm kind of referring to. You know, I think that it's going to be somewhat of, a, of us, all of us in the mace community at large, it's like a grassroots issue, right? We have to tap into different segments of, of individuals, but always with the same goal, it's power. And from a sense of power can come, I think evolves, your, your authentic self comes out, your confidence comes out, your, you know, you're feeling good, all of those things. And from that, 
evolves just healthier people in general, right? Because it does, it bleeds into every part of your being. And um, it is, it's a tough sell, sure, it's a tough sell, but you know what, I remember I had on my story the other day, Dennis Rittenhouse, who's um, a trainer in Chicago. We, we go way back at Equinox days. I first met him in 2003. And the day I met him, he's holding this kettlebell with a face on it. And I was like, dude, what is that thing? He's like, it's called a kettlebell. And this was when Dragon Door and RKC were like kind of the, and I remember when we had them at Equinox and we were in kind of a posh area. We were right downtown, you know, Gold Coast in Chicago. And some of the new members were like, oh, <laughs> it's so barbaric. <laughs> those things, <laughs> those things on the floor, like with the face, what is that, you know? And I was telling someone recently, I'm like, we're just there now with the base. And 17 years from now, people are going to be like, how do you train with the base? Oh, I flow. Right. Oh, I do this. Oh, I do that. And it's the best thing ever, you know? And, and it's just, you just got to give it time. But, you know, Dennis is one person who introduced it to me, right? And then he introduced it to all these other trainers. And this was a bunch of us young new trainers back in the early, you know, 2003, 2004, 2005. And then we're getting certified, and that's how it started. So you just got to be, I think, patient in realizing that that um, delivery and successfully um, persuading people to understand the benefit just really takes time and constant effort. You know, just like our training, right? Just same rules. <laughs> right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Say that once again. I said same rules, different scenario, right? It's it's yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um now you swing um quite a few different maces there. Um what do you think about like the uh the more I, I don't know what you call them, like um not not the regular steel maces, the like the Chinese made, but the more exotic models like the addicts and stuff like that. Do oh, you, do I love they're all so different. Um, so I like the steel mace for um, combined complexes, right? Like total body stuff. I like the Adex, I think, the best for swings. Um, thinner hand, I have the thinner, I don't have the thick handle, I have the thinner. Um, but the length on that and the fact that you can adjustable is so versatile. And it does, that added length gives you just a really cool feel. So like I was telling somebody, and it could be just my experience. If I take my 30 pound steel mace and I set my 8X to 30 and I swing them, the 30 pound 8X feels easier. It, it's not, but it's because of that length in the swing that it just feels like, you know, very comfortable. Um, it feels like my work is a little bit more my stability. When I swing the 30 pound steel, I feel a little bit more brute strength required like core so they both serve a purpose so i swing them both but for different reasons my quad mace i love the wood handle right and this, i have a Sorensen gata and i was on a run today and i was like you know what i'm gonna buy their ebook because i want to make my son you know my son's getting into baseball and stuff i want to make him like a, a lightweight one um that just has such a smooth you know again meditative practice they're all, they're all different. I didn't understand that for a couple of years. They're all very different. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why I asked. I'm, I'm still in that process of learning 
what's out there and experiencing what you're talking about. And my first gata I swung with a bamboo handle, I was like, yeah, this, this is not the same thing. Um, and I'm waiting, I'm, I'm waiting on mine from the Saracens as well. It should be, it should be coming like right now. I, it might yeah. be there already. It's um, amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And then like the Adex, just to me, yes, it's got that like lofty swing, which kind of like puts you in like a groove. But it's the steel, like, uh, like I can't describe it. I just feel like, like you gotta up your game. Like you can't just chill too much, you know? Uh -uh. No. And I have to again, and this is something Steph Sorensen helped me with this. And I'm gonna give her full credit. I love that woman so much. And when I got, when I decided, okay, forty pounds is my per that was always my personal goal. So I'm at thirty two and a half. And um, when I got that add-on kit and I was like looking how to put it together, I was starting to run into the issue of my height and the length of the mace. And I was like, I hit my legs once, like I hit the back of my calves once, and I was like, that did not feel good. No. <laughs> that was not good times at all. And I messaged her and I was like, I just was kind of having a mental moment. And she was actually coaching me through how to set it a little differently, given how they what you have available. So like my 32 and a half is a tiny bit shorter. You could, you could build it out a little different than I did. Right. And that was something I never knew. I would not, again, unless somebody had been there to help me kind of explain that. I could have reached out, of course, to ADEX. I just was messaging with Steph at the time. But, um, and to your point, when you do do that though, like when I get into that 32.5, there is an, in that steel and all, you do not zone out. You're like, right. my, I don't, you, he doesn't translate, like, in a video. And it's not like, anybody, like how easy is that? Because it looks like it's pretty easy. And I was like, dude, my entire body was lit up. Like, my legs were quivering. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and um, I don't know if you're going to uh, partake in the Vintage Strength Games. Um, I am. Oh, good. <laughs> So you got to do, you got to go hard right out of the gate. Okay. So like, I don't know if you're doing the five minute or 10 minute. I did the five minute, um, in February of 20, uh, 2020. And, yeah. uh, and you know, like I had been training for it, but I didn't ever push myself that hard. I did five minutes, 10 and twos, or they call it the 300. And yeah. when I put that mace down, I could not believe what was going on with my body. My uh -huh. hands my hands were like, they were like blown up. They were engorged. My forearms were engorged. My legs were quivering and my lungs were burning like I was just running down the street. And I was like, that was the best cardio workout I've ever had. And I didn't even have to, I didn't have to move this from the spot I was standing in. Yes, yes. Now I am, I am, I actually was communicating with Valerie the other day. I, I finally, um, I signed up. I was like, because I was going to go in August and then COVID and then I kind of stopped training and um, I'm working with the 15 court and doing just the five minute 360. You know, yeah. I was like taking one event and setting a benchmark. I've never done this, you know, but even in the training, you're just, it's, you know, I would go on my deck and I set my clock on my iPad and it goes dark, right? So I have to wait for just a ding when I'm done. And all of a sudden you're in it and you're like, oh my God. I don't know how to manage how hard to go. You know, you're trying to manage all this little training detail. And yeah, at the end of it, my I have a buddy, a strength coach in Chicago who calls it zombie hands. Like when you just lay down and you're like, oh my yeah. God, I can't bend them. 
Yeah, it's no joke. It really is no joke. And and being in a competition forces you out of your comfort zone pretty easily. You, yeah. you push yourself harder. You're you're there. You're like, I'm not going to waste this moment. And you you discover something about yourself. You go, hey, look what I could do. So yeah. if I could do that, and I and I do that more often, what else yeah. can I do? And it just. Well, you're always building it. You're always seeking a threshold and then you're always determining how to move past it and create another one and another one, you know? And, and again, it goes circles back to what I was saying in the beginning. It all comes down to a mindset. You know, I think when I talk about confidence and authenticity, I think that those two things push people to want to find thresholds and push past them. And I think when you don't have those thresholds become something you want to avoid. And yeah. I think that especially the things that are evolving in our world, we, we, we can't avoid things. We got to like get, get strong, get tough, set it up here and face it and deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's it folks. Like it's, that is yeah. a, such a good point. Uh, you know, um, we have a couple minutes left and, and that you just hit something that's so big. Um, if you don't, go after your thresholds, you will avoid them. And then when you avoid them, the threshold gets less and less or more and more. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. The yeah. threshold uh, gets, if, if that flight of stairs wins you, so you avoid doing that flight of stairs, then in a few years, half that flight is going to win you. And then eventually you're not going to make it up one stair. So um, it's important for the human to keep moving forward, always trying to progress, not being afraid of failure because it's only failure when you quit, right. but keep pressing. I like your mindset, Lori. It's, it's exactly the type of stuff that people need to be hearing nowadays. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so because we look, we're facing a lot of things and, and I, in my personal opinion, this is just the beginning. Like we're going to face a lot of very scary, ugly things. And we're going to have to make a lot of hard decisions and a lot of hard choices and, you know, hopefully find a way to do that. That's respectful of one another. Right. But at the end of the day, a battle is a battle, right? And you have two choices. <laughs> you work up and you step up to it or, you know, you hide from it, but it's not going away. And, um, that can be on any level, right? That battle could just be with your own personal health or a demon that you're, you're fighting or, a, you know, something you're trying to quit, you know, or, or whatever it is, some personal evolution that you're trying to make. And, and this tool, it always circles back to the fact that this tool has a lot of diversity in types of training you can do with it that evoke the same response, which is just making you stronger literally on every single level. Yes, that's awesome, Lori. That's, I love that. Lori, tell everybody how to get in touch with you. Tell them about your Zoom classes. Um, Give us the schedule and, and best way to reach you. Okay. So I think probably Instagram is my best. It's Alberta one That's my handle. I respond to every single direct message. Um, that is currently, I have a YouTube channel, Lori Verda Fitness and Lifestyle. And I'm kind of dripping things into that. But really my Instagram is kind of my main one area of focus. I have one, two, three, four, five steel mace classes a week. Uh, Tuesday, these are all central time. Tuesday and Thursday nights are 6.30. Friday at noon, 
afternoon is the 360 class, just the 360. And Saturday morning at 9 a.m. is um, beginner, beginner fundamentals for steel mace. And Sundays at 11 a.m. is strength and conditioning. So um, I will be adding more and putting out something in a post soon that actually details for more folks, you know, what we do in each class and kind of what you want to come to. And like I said, I also do, I do one-on-one -on -one training of any kind, but with the steel mace, definitely. One-on-one -on -one Zooms. Do them all the time. Even if people just want to jump in for one time, get a few basics down, and then go on their way and practice that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I like that you do the uh, 360 class on Friday nights. Um, if you're looking to tap into Steel Mace and you know what the 360 is and you know what flow is and all that, um, sometimes learn a little bit of everything. But the 360, really, if it's the first time doing it, you should just take a whole class devoted to it because there's that much to it. And it's the kind of thing you want to take your time with. It's not a rush rush. Yeah. And, um, it's building skill and, and you're working with your coach and um, they're trying to figure out what makes you tick basically. And yeah. everybody, everybody has um, a, a certain way that they move that a coach has to play, play around with it a little bit. So that's okay. a good idea. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to level it because, like I said, a lot of people have been there for a few months and they've moved on. They've moved on to like yeah. different moves, heavier bases. Um, but I think a class devoted to that because that's the move that everybody, people yeah. love, right? Um, and so, yeah, and to your point, I've never communicated the exact same cue to any two people, right? Yeah. It's always right. a little different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Same here. That's why I said it. I mean, that's yeah. that's that right. set a light bulb off in my head. So yeah, yeah good for you, Lori. I, I you know I, I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Um, if nobody's uh, following Lori on Instagram, start following her because her um, her posts are very informative. You can learn a lot just from a one minute post uh, because she's such a good teacher, um, good communicator, and um, you, you'll you'll definitely benefit. But Check out the Zoom classes and everything. She's one of the top-level coaches out there teaching Steel Mace right now. So have fun with that, guys. Lori, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. You're welcome back anytime. I have a feeling we could do, like, epic podcasts just talking about Steel Maces. It's just the way it is, right? But um, <laughs> always fun. Thank you so much. And it's a true honor. Thank you very much. Absolutely. We'll be talking to you soon. And um, take care. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.